kind of looked over at me. He's like, bro, that's what you do with God all the time. And I was like, oh, man. I appreciate that perspective, bro. <laughs> and it's so true, you know, it's so true. Um, but it's great to be together. Um, as many of you guys know, we've been going through the book of Romans, and it's been great. Uh, it's, it's an incredible book, and uh, it's, it's just an incredible season, I feel like, in the church to, to do this, but also just to live life together and to enjoy fellowship and to have fun. I was talking to Justin. He was like, man, the summer just snuck up on, on me, you know, and it just came. It came quick, and now it's here, and we got to enjoy it for the, for the most that we have it. But uh, I'm sure there's a lot of trips going to be planned, a lot of fun activities, so keep your ears open. But, uh, but you know, today we just get an awesome opportunity to, to, um, to worship God together, and obviously Glenn's out of town. I think he's on a basketball trip. With, uh, with the boys, um, or maybe one boy, I forget which, how many boys, but one or, one or more, you know, um, and, uh, you know, so, and a few other people are camping, but we also have a, a, a few visitors as well in the, in the back, I just want to honor them, the Watkins are visiting from Florida, um, they came all the way up, so, they're, they're dear friends of our family, my mom, my dad, my brother, and they've just been there through the ups and downs, and so it's just so cool to see spiritual friendships that last over decades, you know, many, many decades, and it's just really encouraging, and we're just thankful for them uh, coming all the way up and, and just blessing us with their presence. And, um, but let's, let's go to God in prayer, and then we'll jump into the Word. Dear Father, Lord God, um, we just come before you in prayer, just... Um, undeserving to 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 be uh to be in the light god we we realize how uh how broken we are lord how fallen we are how we live in a world where there is just um broken hearts every day god hurting and god we're we're a part of that god we we get to rub shoulders with with people who have no hope lord but yet i'm just so grateful that you've given us a way out God, you've given us um, redemption. You've given us for forgiveness, Lord. Um, those of us who are who are obedient and in, who are in Christ, God. And I just thank you for your word as it guides us and it marvels us, Lord. And it's so deep and rich. And God, I pray today as we prepare our minds to listen to your word, God, that we don't get distracted, Lord. We don't we don't look around and you know just kind of let our mind wander, but we can just be focused on, Lord, what are you going to show me? What can I, what can I, what kind of gem can I take with me from your scriptures? And just keep that on my mind and on my heart all week. So we love you. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, uh, Romans chapter 7, um, we're going to start out in verse 1. But before, before we do that, you could turn there. Um, you know, our society, we have a lot of battles going on, don't we? Um, we have a lot of things happening, uh, and, you know, there's, there's social battles, right, uh, there's social movements, there's physical battles, there's wars that still go on, you know, there's a lot of crazy things, you know, sex trafficking, um, you know, you name it, uh, there's stuff that people are fighting for their life, you know, and we, we're so removed, this is the 21st century, we feel like, oh, that was a civil war, or that was, you know, 
back in the day, but there's, there's people fighting for their lives, um, whether it be physically, emotionally, um, spiritually, so many different ways. And, um, and today I want us to talk a little bit about the only battle that really matters, um, and that's the, the spiritual battle. Because the reason that only, is only battle that really matters is because it determines eternity. All the other battles, they're short term. They're just this life. And I know that's not short term naturally, but it is in light of eternity. And so let's go to Romans chapter 7. We'll start out in verse 1. And I'm going to grab the clicker as we read this. So bear with me. Romans 7, 1. It says... Do you not know, brothers and sisters, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law has authority over someone only as long as that person lives. And here he means the Mosaic law, the written code, the Ten Commandment kind of law. For example, by law, a woman married, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies... She is released from the law that binds her to him. So then, her hu- so then if she has sexual relations with another man while her husband is still alive, she is called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is released from the, that law and is not an adulteress if she marries another man. So my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ. That you might become, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. For when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us, so that we bore fruit for death. But now, by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law, so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. You know, I'll just stop right there. Uh, This is an incredible analogy. It's an incredible illustration, example, whatever you want to call it, that Paul makes here. Um, You know, those of us who were baptized into Christ, Paul says in Romans 6, 1 through 4, you know, we we live a a new life. We live according to the Holy Spirit. We live according to Jesus the way of Jesus. You know, we don't live according to our old standards. We don't live according to, obviously none of us, I don't believe, try to follow 613 commandments every day. That's, that's, a, that's back uh, in the Old Testament. But that's what Paul was talking about here. But now, if we translate that, we can, we can really ask ourselves, are we living the way we used to live before we became a disciple before we were baptized and repented and had faith in Jesus, you know? And so I love the fact that we're not controlled. Doesn't that feel good to not be controlled? I don't know about you guys, but I don't like, um, like, uh, micromanaging, you know, if someone's behind my shoulder looking at me while I'm working, oh, or even in the weight room, sometimes I work out with Coma or Evan and it's like someone's spotting me. Like, I like that they're spotting me, but I'm like, I just want a little space, you know? It's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, am I, am I too weak? What is he going to think of me? All these things go through my mind. But, but other than that, like, the control part, it, it's not desirable. No one likes it. 
no, not a lot of people are friends with the police officers, you know, like, or not a lot of people um, like the judge who has to sentence people to, you know, it's, those are jobs that are important, but yet they're hard because they have to, they exercise control, they exercise things of that nature. And I love the fact that Christ here says, you're a disciple of Jesus, man, live according to the spirit. Don't live according to the law. Don't live according to this checklist of this is good. Okay, this is not good. Like, don't walk on eggshells as a Christian. Because if you're doing that, you're not living according to the Holy Spirit, you know, whom God has, who's put inside each and every one of us. And I think that's so important for us to remember because our society tells us, no, we are as Christians. Oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. Oh, I got to. But no, it's we get to live by the Holy Spirit. We get to relish in what Jesus did and that grace is what can motivate us and that love. And so, um, but basically the whole book of Romans in a nutshell is like, it's deep stuff. Um, all human, chapter one, I just wrote a few um, summaries here, but all humanity is hopeless, trapped in sin and needs to be rescued. Uh, chapter two, this rescue will not happen by people trying to obey the law of the Torah. Chapter three, God's righteousness has moved to rescue the world through Jesus' death and resurrection. Chapter 4, and God did this so that he could create a multi-ethnic faith-based family uh, through Abraham, which he did. You know, he is the father of faith, right? And then chapter 5, he's saying Adam was humanity, Jesus is new humanity. Now, used to live like Adam, now live like Jesus. And chapter 6 is what Charlie talked about last week, where we're dying to our old self. We're becoming slaves of righteousness, not slaves of wickedness or the flesh. And I love his Netflix uh, illustration. I can't stop thinking about it. I don't even watch Netflix, but it's just so good, you know. Um, And just the big, man, man, am I a slave to Netflix? Am I a slave to laziness? Or am I a slave to food? You know, whatever it could be. Or am I a slave to righteousness? You know, and that's... That heart only comes when we understand that we've been freed, that we've been forgiven. I don't want to go back there. Yeah. I don't, you know, amen, have fun. You know, don't, don't, uh, don't live life constricted, but enjoy your relationship with God. And use Netflix to help other people to relate. Uh, you know, there was a couple brothers where um, when I first moved here, I never watched TV shows really. And they got me into The Walking Dead a couple years back. And I was like, I can't believe I conformed to the society. I was trying to hold off for a long time. About five or six years I held off and I was like, oh, that's, that's crazy. That's not good. I don't, it's, and then I uh, got, uh, what do you call it? Hooked somewhat. One of them, I forget if it was Cody or somebody, they said, here, watch this one episode. It was the best episode in like eight seasons. And then they're like, all right, you can't not watch the rest. And I'm like, ah, oh. well, thank goodness for winters. So, but, uh, gives you something to do like that but um but yeah so as we as we continue um if this pointer works we'll check it out it does sweet let's go to the next passage of scripture romans 7 14 this is where it starts to pick up this is where it starts to get good kind of the meat of the of the sermon in the passage um actually i'm sorry we're gonna let's read 7 through 14 because i don't want to skip it so when 14 comes, I'll go to that slide. It says, verse 7, Romans 7, 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sinful? 
Certainly not. Nevertheless, I would not have known what sin was had it not been for the law. I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said you shall not covet. But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of coveting. For apart from the law, sin was dead. Once I was alive apart from the law. But when the commandment came, sin sprung to life and I died. I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death. For sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, deceived me. And through the commandment, put me to death. So then the law is holy and the commandment is holy, righteous, and good. So did that which is good then become death to me? By no means. Nevertheless, in order that sin might be recognized as sin, it used, it used what is good, meaning the law, to bring about my death so that through the commandment, the law, sin might be become utterly sinful. So basically what Paul is saying, it's a lot of deep kind of theology here, but he's saying the law was good. The law that God gave to Moses on the mount, that was good because it was, it was helping the people understand how to live a righteous life. And that's good. Righteousness is good. It's not bad. It's not controlling. It's not, uh, it's refreshing, you know. But the crazy thing is that the sin is so deceitful. Sin is so slippery. Sin is so enticing that it used something really, really good to trick us, yeah. mm -hmm. to enslave us to our sinful nature, to wickedness. And think about that. That's, that's, kind of, that's kind of scary, you know? Think about diseases or, you know, airborne things or, you know, if we don't protect our food, it could get bacteria. And it attaches to something good and we eat it and then we get sick, you know? Mm -hmm. Food poisoning. Yeah. It's the same way in the, in the, in the physical world. But we're talking about the spiritual world right now. So it's a lot of deep theology. But hold on. We're getting there. Uh, and it's going to be great. You guys are following right now? Okay. Awesome. I'm not sure how you guys are doing. Let me know. Um, but I, I really feel like the more and more I read this passage this week, I understood it like in a different way every time I read it. I read it maybe 15 times. And every time it's just like, wow. And sometimes we got to do that with the word. Yep. We can't just, oh, I read it once. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? You know, yeah. like read it 10 times, read it 20 times and read it slow, read it fast, read it in different translations. Yeah. Uh, I love the Amplified because of my brother Tim in the back. <laughs> you know, it, it helps me think of it differently. Yeah. But don't be afraid to use your minds because the scripture says we have the minds of Christ. Right. You know, we don't have the minds of, of fleshly people or... Mm -hmm. We're not incompetent, you know, we are, we're intelligent, and God's word makes us even more intelligent, you know, so I want to encourage you guys to stick with it, and we're going to go to the next passage in verse 14. We're with you, bro. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate it. Verse 14, Romans 7, it says, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual. Here's where the battle that Paul faces, he, he gets open, he gets vulnerable, he says, sold as a slave to sin, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. 
Once again, the commandments, the law. It is, verse 17, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I can't carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. And this is a lot of do's and don'ts and do-do-do-do's. I always call it the do-do scripture because it, it helps me remind me of which, which chapter in the Bible this is, you know. Um, and maybe that can help you to remember it. I don't know. But that's what I always remembered. And it's a, it's a crazy passage, but you see the struggle. It's almost like there's the little demon on one shoulder and the little angel on the other. And he's like, oh, do this. And he's like... Wait, no, do this. Do this evil thing. You know you want to. You know, it's easy. It's, it's, it's convenient. No one will know. And then you got this one. You know the right thing. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Uh, how is God going to feel? You know, how are your parents going to feel? How are your friends going to feel? You know, and it's this internal battle. It's a, it's, a, it's a tricky situation. And my first point is the battle is within. You know, uh, it's the greatest battle. It's the only battle that matters, but it's within. So much time we can focus on the exterior, right? The, the people that hurt you. Maybe there's people in the church that you don't get along with or you don't agree with. That's okay because they're, you're not fighting them. You're fighting the flesh. You're fighting the sinful nature. But sometimes we can focus on the wrong battle. We can focus on the things that, that in the end, Satan is using to lure us away. You know, there's a, there's a lot of things in this world we could focus on, but I want us to focus on the battle within and living, um, as we'll see later, for Jesus. But um, that's, that's my first point, is the battles within. Let me find my notes here. Okay, I found it. Um, yeah, and even as a repentant sin, a sinner, like a Christian, a disciple of Jesus, uh, someone who has been reborn, Paul was facing this, this internal struggle. You know, you could see it going back and forth. The good I do, I don't want to do it, but I keep doing it. And it's not me that does it. It's the sin that's doing it. But, you know, I, there's a struggle, and he feels the temptation. And he even gives into the temptation. But he's like, I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to focus on God. And I want to encourage you that if you're a Christian today, this battle is normal. It's not that you're a weak Christian. It's not that your faith isn't there. It's... It's normal to struggle. As a matter of fact, if you're not struggling, you're, amen, Teresa, you're in trouble. You're in trouble big time. You know, and if, if I don't hear of the battles that are going on, I'm, I get a little suspicious. Like, is everyone just flying dandy and, and no worries or stress? Man, I don't think that's the world we live in, you know? Uh, it, it, it's almost, uh, so let's be open about this battle. Let's be real. Like, I always have two or three people I text, right, when if I'm tempted to, to sin in this battle or if I'm feeling a certain type of way. You know, I, I recently got on Marco Polo, the app. I don't know if you guys have downloaded that or heard about it. It's basically a video text messaging thing for people that are 
you don't see every day that live friends far away, things like that. It's really good, but I can just use it really quick and get open or ask for input or, hey, bro, what are you battling with? What are you reading in the scriptures? And yeah. that encourages me because yeah. it's it, it feels like we're right there, even when we're spread out, you know, but that's the battle. And so actually at this time, I, I want to show a short clip, short video clip, um, and it's going to. It's going to illustrate this battle in a pretty cool way. Um, I don't know how many of you guys like Marvel, Marvel movies, but Spider-Man number three, that was, that was my movie. Um, I, I like Spider-Man. I don't know. Maybe I'm stealthy. I don't know what it is like him, but I've related to him. And he's this, basically the story is he's a kid, and he gets bit by a spider, and then he gets these spidey powers and can do all this. But he's a geek, and then he turns into like a hero. Um, I don't know. Maybe I just like his humble beginnings, but um, we're going to play the clip. It's two minutes, and then uh, we'll jump back in. So, Awesome. Well, uh, it's, a, it's a little bit of a dark scene, um, as you could tell, but it's so, I mean, it's just so relatable to the, the battle of sin, you know, and uh, I think that thing is called a... Um, I forget the name of that specific thing. It's something from outer space that came. Symbiote. Thank you. Appreciate that, John. Um, let's go, John. Um, I got to get more versed in my Marvel miss. It's a, it's a, symbi- it's a symbi- symbiote, you know? And if you saw that thing the way it was creeping through the room, it was kind of like, it was looking. It was like, hmm. And then it slowly just kind of jumped onto his arm and kind of just crawled up. And it completely overtake took him, yeah. you know. And but what was the effect of it at first? At first, it was like, ah, he was like, I've never done this before. And then it turned him into the black Spider-Man, you know. And he was flying, and then he's like, wow, this is actually pretty cool. But that's the irony. It, that was the deceit. Mm. It, it wasn't cool. It just felt cool for a little bit. Mm. If you keep watching the movie, because of the black. Symbi- symbiote that's in him now it ruins all his relationships it, he fights his best friend he loses the girl he loves it's just everything spirals down and it's like it's a funny you know a movie and an illustration but it's so true yeah. because that's what sin does to us it, yeah. it creeps on us it comes in slowly it's not going to come in full force you know Satan's going to find just a little way to, to wedge himself in there maybe it's a um, a conversation that you didn't like with somebody. Maybe you overheard something from somebody and you felt, you know, insulted by it, but you didn't say anything about it. Then guess what? It grows. Yeah. It grows. And then before you know it, your heart is so hard. And, and that's the battle that Paul's talking about. Is he feels the pull of sin on him, but he's like, no, I don't want to do it. But it's right there with him, you know. And um, as we think about this in our lives, you know, I want to encourage encourage you guys that, um, this this battle is it's gonna happen for as long as we're Christians. Just disclaimer: um, you're never gonna outgrow this battle. It's, but it's it doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it is what it is, you know. And we're soldiers. We're fighters. That's why we're here, you know. If you weren't a fighter, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be Christian, you know. Uh, but I want to look at these few scriptures um, and actually. I don't know what happened to them, but there they are. Um, these are just three scriptures that really helped me remember uh, that are 
that this battle is real. You know, yeah. Ephesians 6 talks about the, all the, um, the different armor, uh, the spiritual armor. And he first out says our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's, it doesn't, the world doesn't look at us as fighters because all they can see is flesh and blood. They can see the externals. But God knows we're fighting. You know, we're fighting hard. And, and in James, he says, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after that desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, what is full grown, gives birth to death. You know, and that's sin. It looks good, but it leads to death. Um, and so be, be conscious. Be, be aware of this. Man, is this sin trying to creep on me? You know, not, don't just be in your feelings. Be in your mind, too, because it's a battle of our minds. And then Galatians 5, it says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not able to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You know, and once again, it's this spiritual battle that we're in. And so point number two, my last point, is Jesus lets us win, you know. Um, the, it's, it's funny, the first point was the battle is within and Jesus lets us in, lets us win. Romans 7, verse 21. Let's read this passage. Romans 7, verse 21 through 25. All right. The word says, so I find this law at work. He's summarizing everything. <laughs> Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work inside of me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law. But in my sinful nature, I'm a slave to the law of sin. You know, this is Paul being extremely vulnerable, but extremely passionate, emotional, and real with, with the, the Christians in Rome. You know, he's, he hasn't arrived. He's not perfect. He's a, a wretched man, just like you and me. You know, sometimes we could put Paul on a pedestal because he was the greatest missionary, one of the greatest Christians. But guess what? He, was, he called himself a wretched man. He called himself the worst of sinners. Not just before he became a Christian, but as a Christian. And so if you feel wretched, if you feel dirty, if you feel like sinful, hey, welcome to the club. You know, that's yeah. just don't don't accept that in your life because Paul never accepted sin. But he fought it, and he saw how worldly he really was deep down inside. You know, um, as, I, as I think about Paul here, um, he saw that Jesus was the one that had the power to save him. Verse 25, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. I mean, I appreciate Josh doing and Paige doing that the communion because that always brings us back to Jesus if we're a Christian and we forget about Jesus we're, we're gonna look just like the world because Jesus is the one that delivers us 
God chose Jesus to deliver us. So we got to remember him. And then we got to ask ourselves, man, do I really love Jesus? If I don't, ask yourself why. Why don't you feel that connection? You know, I've been studying the Bible with one of the teens in the church, and one of the things he's been sharing is it's hard to feel like I really, really love God. And sometimes maybe that's how you feel. You know, that, that feeling of love, it's, it's not there. You know, and the cool thing about agape love is it's not a feeling. All the, it's a decision, you know. And I think deciding that, all right, Jesus is, is my rescuer. Let me go to him. You know, I was talking to another brother this week, and he was like, how do I turn to Jesus? And, you know, and sometimes I think we have to be willing to show other people, hey, this is how I turn to Jesus. You know, I want to help you figure out how you turn to Jesus because he is our rescuer. You know, he is the one that can take a wretched man or woman and redeem us. He's the only one. We can't do it because of how good we are. We can't do it based off our resume. We can't do it based off how many people we know. You know, and, and I think one thing I learned is having friends is great, but the more friends you have, the more likely they will try to swoop in and save you, and then you can forget that Jesus is the one that needs to save you. You know, I never thought I would say that, but having a lot of friends, it, it can be a... It could be a double-edged sword in a sense, you know, um, because are you really relying on God or are you relying on your friends to get you out of yep. a jam, you know? And, and so that's what I love about this church is it's not easy living in Maine, you know? It, the, the conditions are harsh, uh, you know, um, that there's high taxes, right? Um, we need inspection stickers. I mean, what, what is that, you know? Why do we need inspection stickers? Uh, it is a good thing. I did hear that there's like a law in the works that might waive that in a couple years, but who knows. Um, but there's a lot of things that make Maine, you know, uh, a rugged character building land, you know. It's, it's super character. I mean, I was working on a roof with Lenny and I was like, man, I lost a lot of character because uh, I forgot about hard work, you know. But Maine, you know, has helped me grow in that, you know. Um, and it's good. You know, because it leads to a good, like, reward. You know, like, if we were just living in paradise 20 or 12 months a year, where would our character be, you know? I don't know. Uh, but I know that um, friends are great, but Jesus is greater, you know? I want to encourage you with that. And I just want to share a short illustration as after this we'll, we'll wrap it up. But I was, I was a young I was a young lad one time. I still am. I'm only 27. But one time I was like four or five. Um, I don't know if you can believe that. Uh, but I was there um, one, one of those days. And at the time I was living in, uh, I think, Lauder Hill uh, with my mom and dad, my brother, and uh, Kevin and Celeste. I think they were in Coral Springs or somewhere, which is like the next town over. Uh, Lyanne knows. Um, but basically I was at a, at, my, at a friend's house and I was... It was pool time, you know. You, all the kids love pool time, right? <laughs> Splashing in the water, having fun. But for some reason, the mom at the house, she wasn't outside at the pool. And uh, it was just the, my friend's sister was there. I think she was, like, reading a book or, like, just laying out in the sun. And I loved the water. I, I, like, I wanted to swim, but I didn't know how to swim. I was scared. So I was, like, the kid that didn't know how to swim that was always trying to be in the water. And that's not a good combination. Um, <laughs> So I did have, like, the floaties. You know the floaties that keep you up and you're like this? Uh, but 
I wanted to be a cool kid, and I didn't want to keep the floaties on, because they were like, I can't move in the floaties, like, I want to just have freedom, you know? Um, and I, it was just me and, and the, my friend's sister, and then I was going around the entire pool, was holding on to the edge. And then I took off my floaties, because like, oh, I could just hold on to the edge, and I'll be fine. And I got to the deep end, and my arms started to get tired, and I was like, you know, let me just rest my arms, and then... I'll be okay, and then I'll just hold on a little bit. Because, you know, you got to rest your arms when you're doing this, of course. And then I took, I rested my arms, and then I just started sinking um, all the way down to the bottom. And all I remember is, like, looking up, like, oh, no, like that. <laughs> my mind didn't work very quickly when I was younger. Um, I didn't put two and two together. But I just started sinking, and then I was like trying to like go like this and get air, and um, but I didn't know if what was gonna happen. I never sunk before, you know. I was a kid, but all of a sudden I saw a dark, shadowy figure just kind of come over the light, and I was like, "Oh, what's that?" And it was uh, my friend's sister jumped in and saved me. She literally grabbed me out and. Uh, just in the nick of time, I'm glad she was alert, because uh, if it wasn't for her, there was nobody else around. and It was a scary time, but, you know, it was, I'm so grateful to her. Um, I always, every time I see her, I say, thank you for saving my life. Um, yeah, because without that, man, I wouldn't be here. And, um, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I needed a savior, right? I needed, I needed her at that moment, and we need Jesus, all the time. The, the moment that we think we're good, the moment you think, oh, I'm, I can take my floaties off. You know? I don't need these little training wheels. I know how to go to church. I know how to read my Bible. I know how to share my faith. Better watch out because you need a Savior. You know? You really do. There's a passage in 1 Corinthians I love, and it says, so if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so you can endure it. Amen. Do we believe this passage? Yeah. I want you guys to just think about this passage. God's not going to take temptation away from you. He's not going to take the symbiote away. It's going to be there. But Jesus is also going to be there, and he'll provide a way out. You know, if I didn't want to be saved, I could have just turned around and just drowned. But I, I, I hugged her, and then she brought me out. Jesus wants us to look for him when, we're, when, we're, when we need to be saved in this battle. He wants us to reach out, because if we don't, he's not going to force anyone into spiritual growth. He's not going to force anyone into heaven. He's not going to force anyone to love him. That's just not in his nature. But he loves you so much that he wants to rescue you. Yeah. Do you guys want to be rescued? Yeah. You know, that's the question. Is If you do, you'll keep battling. Yeah. You'll keep fighting sin. You'll keep growing. And I love Coma. I don't want to put him on the spot, but he's an inspiration. I mean, he's, he's one of the most disciplined guys I know, uh, especially in the campus ministry. And, you know, he's working out, but he's also reading his Bible. He's also praying. He's also confessing his sin. And it inspires me to see, wow, this guy's a fighter. You know, he's not just in it because it's convenient. 
or because he wanted his sins forgiven. No, he, he wants to grow more and more into the image of, of Jesus. And that's what we should all desire, you know. Um, so basically, final charge, final closeout is I want us to think this week, you know, what are some steps we can take to, to get sharper in, in the battle, you know? What, what are things we can do to keep fighting, to resist sin more? I'm not saying you guys are going to be perfect this week, but what can you do to be better this week? What can you do to grow? And um, I think asking yourself a lot of questions, that's, that's key. Um, but, you know, I think how can we turn to Jesus? That's a great practical yeah. What, what do you do, you know, that helps you get connected again with Jesus? For me, I was telling AJ, you know, I like to go to the golf course behind our house and just walk and pray or talk to God. And, and sometimes maybe it's a quiet place in the, that you can connect in nature with God that can help bring you back to Jesus. Or maybe it's you just like the journal or maybe you like to listen to worship music that really fills your soul. But whatever it is, what... Find something that can bring you back to Jesus. Um, you know, and I think at the end of the day, if we're not grateful for our salvation in Christ, if we're not grateful for what Jesus did, we're going to drift from Jesus. You know, we're going to go back to the way we used to live. And so I want to encourage you, make a decision to fight. Make a decision uh, to be open and fight together, right? Don't just fight by yourself. You're not strong enough. You're never going to be perfect in terms of, uh, in terms of sinless. It, you're going to get better, and you've got to aim for perfection. But the way you get better is by having a partner in the gospel, by having a friend that can point you back to Jesus, that can be there for you. And I encourage you, find those people. And, and don't, be, don't feel bad about... I hate using this word, but using somebody to grow spiritually. I did it a lot, and I still need to do it. Um, but latch on to somebody. Be like, hey, bro, when can we meet up? When can we pray on the phone? When can we read our Bibles, go have a quiet time together? Yeah. Because that we're relational. We need yeah. people. We need help. You know, it, Whether it's in our marriages, whether it's in our friendships, at our jobs, whatever we're going through, whatever life stage, we need help. Um, the, yeah. the soldier alone, it, they never last. You know, we need people in our circle, in our bubble. And as we close here, I just want to read this. Make a decision today and every day after that you'll continue to battle your flesh. It's the only battle that really matters. You know, there's so many other battles going on outside of us, but let's quiet the outside and listen to the battle that's going on within us so we can be victorious. We're all in this fight together. Let's be open and help point each other back to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Amen. Amen. Amen.